Oye, ¿qué pasó? Blackout, blackout. Vino el apagón, ay Dios. Oye, ¿qué pasó? Blackout, blackout. Vino el apagón, ay Dios. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 667 with a review of In the Heights. I'm Christopher Stacey. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. This week, we are talking about another film that has come to a streaming platform known as HBO Max, um, or in theaters if you happen to be... uh, the type to be venturing out into the the place uh, but this film is based on the broadway musical of the same name so to start this episode off steven are you were you familiar at all with the broadway musical for which this film was based on not at all no um i knew that it existed but i in general when i try to just listen to a uh original broadway soundtrack I feel like I'm missing context for what makes it great. Uh, like I had tried listening to the Hamilton soundtrack before seeing Hamilton and it didn't do it for me at all. And yeah. then when I saw Hamilton, I was really into it. So I, I told myself not to do that for In the Heights. Uh, so only after watching the movie did I allow myself to listen to the musical. Yeah, I, I had I had listened to a little like like you, I had listened to a little bit of the Hamilton soundtrack. Um, when but that was like so massively popular, and everybody right. like people who had never seen it and knew they were never going to be able to 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 get a ticket for it we're like constantly playing the soundtrack um this film i i or this this whole broadway show i i knew nothing about other than when the trailer first dropped like (laughs) pre-pandemic um for this being a thing that was supposed to come out you know i was excited to see what it turned into but i i really knew nothing about what i was getting into other than it was going to be uh you know people in new york uh singing about washington heights (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep. Yeah. And uh, other than that, the only like I had some context for like Washington Heights as a neighborhood in particular for like Dominican immigrants. Uh, there's a author Juno Diaz who like writes books that are often set there. Like so I had some kind of visual in my head for what this was about, but nothing about the musical except that it was beloved. And only then I think I learned after Hamilton came out. I don't think in real time I knew enough about Broadway to like have recognized the name even though i'm pretty sure it won a tony and a bunch of other things yeah Um, but i'm just stupid and it takes a thing becoming a movie for me to know that it exists (laughs) i mean that that, that's true for me as well i mean that's true for me on most things yep (laughs) um well steven what do you say we get into this review yeah let's do it we're going to take a listen to the trailer for in the heights and then we're going to come back and give you a review once upon a time in a faraway land called Washington Heights. Say, so it doesn't disappear. Washington Heights! Lights up on Washington Heights up at the break of day. I wake up and I got this little punk I gotta chase away. Pop the grape at the crack of dawn. Sing while I wipe down the awning. Hey, y'all. Good morning. Ice cold feet agua, cherry, strawberry, and just for today, I got my mate story of a block that was disappearing. The genius is back! Yo, here's your chance. Ask her out right now. Hey! There's something on your shirt. <laughs> Smooth operator on them. We all had a sueñito. And when it came to dreams, we had to keep scraping by. Maybe this neighborhood is changing forever. Maybe tonight is our last night together. However, 
eyes want to see the whole world through her eyes. They're talking about kicking out all the dreamers. It's time to make some noise. We had to assert our dignity in small ways. Little details that tell the world we are not invisible. This is the moment when you do better than me. Because you can see a future that I can't. You made all of this? This is me. They used to say, if you work hard, you live by the rules, the money will come, the things will come. You ready? I've been saving up all my pennies in my piggy bank for this day. Today's all we got, so we cannot stop. This is our block. In the heights, I Days of my life, and I built my little dream, my sueñito. Here, Washington Heights. All right, so that was the trailer for In the Heights. Um, it is basically the story of a, uh, a young uh, bodega owner um, who lives in Washington Heights, and he has been saving up his money so he can try to go back to home and like f- take over the like a bar that his father once owned um and also various people in the community who have been staying in town and leaving are maybe making appearances and everybody is talking about what it means to live in that area and uh, be a community so Stephen miller what did you think of in the heights all right so the necessary preface before any praise or criticism is i am a white man living in california there are many aspects of this movie that like are meant for like people to celebrate that I don't have full context of. Right. Like there are so many reasons that in like the Latinx community, this might be a very meaningful movie that the representation can be very important. It might speak to a lot of specific details about life as an immigrant in New York that I'm missing. So blanket caveat, I don't know what I don't know. Um, and no praise or criticism is meant to substitute for like the value that this can give to people who find joy from it. Um, now you're going to think after that preface, I'm about to say terrible things about this movie, but I'm not, I think it was like mostly really fun and a really nice movie. It's, um, exuberant is the word that I could best describe it as. Um, I think last week when we were talking about the conjuring, I said that The Conjuring was relentless in that it just kept hitting you with jump scare after jump scare, and that was the whole premise of it. I would say this movie is, like, relentlessly joyful. Like, almost from beginning to end, people are smiling, people are dancing. Everyone, even when bad situations are going on, there's a sense of joy and fun to the proceedings that is, like, pretty infectious. And I think if I were in a theater that would have worked on me very well. Like I can, I get a feeling that in a communal atmosphere, especially in the dark with a giant screen and the sound cranked up high, this could be like an overwhelming experience that feels very great after the year we've all had. Um, Sitting at home, watching it in my living room, it was harder for me to like keep on the joy train. And I felt, a few conflicted things about it. Um, One is that 
there's not really much conflict in this movie at all. Like it follows multiple characters as they live a few days in Washington Heights. Um, there's Uznavi who's debating moving away. Um, there's Vanessa who wants to live downtown to start her, uh, you know, life as a fashion designer. Uh, there are, there's Benny who is looking to one day take over a like taxi cab dispatch part and who's in love with Nina who came back from Stanford. There are, there are these characters that have things that they want, but the way the movie unfolds is like people are almost literally smiling the whole time. <laughs> while this movie is going on. Like, it is very upbeat and positive and extremely Lin-Manuel Miranda from, like, the moment it opens to the close. It's just, you know, uh, the city is percussive and people are dancing and they're greeting each other on the street and they're singing about what makes their life so special. Again, totally imagine that joy on Broadway, how that would feel. I can imagine how it might feel in a dark cinema now. But at home, I found myself craving something more like a movie from another star of Hamilton, uh, Blind Spotting, a movie that talks about identity and place and how it feels, but throws a little bit more um, complications into the proceedings, something that makes you wrestle with a feeling a little bit. Um, one song that I feel like is kind of the epitome of this is uh, the moment of the movie is kind of built around a blackout that's happening. Um, there, there's basically a countdown to the blackout and then days after the blackout, it's framed kind of like a, what was it? Naked. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Naked singularity. Naked singularity. Can, can I ask you one question about that real fast? Did it have yep. days besides zero? Because for some reason I didn't notice the titles and all of a sudden it was like zero days before the blackout. And I was like, wait, when, when did we start counting down to the blackout? Yeah, they, just... they counted down. Okay. There, there was definitely a three, two, one. Because um, I thought the movie was going to end it. Like, I thought the blackout would be coinciding with, you know, uh, Uznavi's trip or something. Um, okay. I might have yeah, lost so it counting... in, like, the, in having, like, subtitles on so I could try to, like, follow all the lyrics to the songs. Yeah. Uh, so they're counting their, you know, there's this blackout that is at the central part of the movie and there's a song called blackout that plays during it where people are realizing that a blackout has occurred and then to counteract this Sonny and his friends start shooting fireworks into the air and it's like a very uplifting song you know it it's moving as a song like people singing yeah. like firework like it it feels really nice i looked up afterwards and in the play version of this a big fight has happened in the bar right before blackout happens between Benny and Nina that kind of has to do with Benny's ability to fit in or not fit in with Nina's family and also what Nina is wrestling with in terms of going back to Stanford and accepting money and the kids who shoot off the fireworks are among other things trying to keep the bodega safe because they know it's night and there's no lights anymore and they're afraid of people trying to break in and so it's simultaneously like them doing this protective thing and a joyful thing at the same time and i feel like to me that is an example of what the whole movie kind of did compared to my understanding of the play which is it took things that were maybe through wrenches a little bit made you like grapple with character decisions and it kind of smoothed over them in favor of something that is just a joyful active representation um I, I can go over a few of them later maybe after we talk about the movie but almost every character i like 
had something kind of more interesting and nuanced that happened in the play that I feel like the movie decided for whatever reason, they didn't want the friction of it. And I don't know, like two hours and 20 minutes of like totally frictionless joy. It, it, <laughs> it's like too much for me. I, I don't know how crazy rich Asians John Chu's, you know, prior movie would have played if I watched it at home in these same conditions. But here I just kind of felt like it was so much, much i i didn't quite know what to do with it with that yeah. said tons of very talented people involved here anthony ramos has like wonderful charisma uh, i loved melissa barrera uh, leslie grace and Corey hawkins like the kid who plays sunny uh, i like seeing the i'm blanking on uh her name from brooklyn 99 <laughs> who plays like uh, a person who works, uh, you know, in the in the salon, and it's just like a complete 180 from her character in that show. Um, Stephanie Beatrice. So there is the one episode of the show where she's she is under. Uh, now I can't remember the word. What's the word when you undercover? She's undercover, and she she works in a salon. And she, right, and and she's suddenly happy, and she basically has to play that character, right? Yeah, um, that, that's funny. Yeah, I forgot about that. But yeah, seeing Stephanie Beatrice <laughs> play like against that particular type, there was a lot of fun here. And like the singing and dancing is great. You know, everything is great. Ev everything is great in the movie. And it just like didn't have enough friction. It almost didn't feel like a whole movie to me. It felt like a musical purely distilled into just the happiness. And that, yeah, I don't know. I didn't really know how to take that. Yep. Um, so yeah, so obviously... I echo all of Steven's caveats. I, <laughs> I'm white. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, so all my opinions don't really matter uh, on this film. But I will say that um, I think that there is a lot of greatness to this film. You know, when you're trying to take a, a uh, Broadway musical and convert it into a filmed version, you have to decide what you're going to do to, to make that conversion. Um, like, are you going to present it kind of the way you would have presented it as a play, but just with like real life sets and things like that? Or are you going to do something to actually make it expand larger than and feel more grand than what a, a stage play can do? And I think the way they solve that in this film is sheer number of people participating in every single scene. I mean, mm -hmm. this, you know, there are like 200 dancers in any given song in this film. Um, they're like huge things that take place at like a community pool with like huge choreography like this yeah. isn't oh, it's overwhelming it, yeah like it, it feels like one of those old school like what would be a joke in hail caesar but it's real <laughs> yeah or, or like you know like the opening to the olympics right where they just have like people from every country just like stroll like as many people as you can fit in a small space doing intense choreography trying to play around and, and you know there is all that joy that you were talking about like any time that this film is playing with community with family um with just like emotion in general i think this film is firing on all cylinders and it's incredibly entertaining like just it it does bring you that sense of like i'm watching something that is super rad and this is so cool um i i think that uh you know like 50% of the songs in this film are like solid 100% amazing then like 25 more percent are like yeah those are pretty those are pretty cool and I think about 25% of these songs are like just clunkers that feel like the entire film just screeches to a halt to give exposition that the film hasn't really earned the right to give us um, I think for me you know, you, you talked about this film feeling like they, they smoothed over a lot of character story arcs. I, I would go further to say that, like, 
this film is really not concerned at all with any of the story that it's singing about. Like, even if you listen to just the trailer that we played a few moments ago, this the trailer makes it feel like this film is really going to tackle this idea of like, you know, what's happening to the dreamers and like all, all these different like subject matters of like, how do I fit in in this one place? Or what is the idea of home? And do I want to go back to like my father's home? Or is this my new home? What's going on? There's a lot of really heavy topics that this film from the trailer seems like it's going to really dive into and maybe it's there and I'm just it's it's too subtle for me to really dive into it but I feel like all those topics are very very surface level in this film and I think that anytime it stopped being joyous and tried to have a serious moment it fell flat for me because it was barely dipping its toe into these topics and like like in the trailer there's there's the there's that scene where Sonny's like yeah they're trying to kick out the dreamers we've got to do something about it he attends one meeting and he learns all the stuff he knows about that whole topic in that one meeting. And that, 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 that's it. Like that one rally that he goes to. And that's like, and then the film never returns. To the, I mean, it kind of returns to that topic, like right. based on how other characters interact with that theme. But it, but it doesn't really know what it wants to portray instead of just being this joyous, fun, dancing film. And I think for me, I, I found myself sort of, you know, like some of the songs where... Like, obviously, musicals in general, characters sing about how they feel, and they sing about the things that they're doing. But there are many times where the songs are literally, you know, Usnavi, like, singing about not being able to open a bottle of champagne while another character's trying to have a real conversation. And I I guess that's funny. And it might be hilarious in the context of a big auditorium of people all watching the same film. But like you said, at home, when you are just given what you're seeing, it's kind of like all right, let's, this, let, let's get to the next scene where I can have some fun again. This is not like Uznavi's. is... T- yeah, well, because it, it's kind of like, it, it isn't going all the way into Hamilton territory where Hamilton embraced almost all dialogue being sung and you just like get into that rhythm of that being how all communication happens. And, yeah. you know, it almost doesn't feel like everything is a song. It's just like song is a part of the way of speaking. This movie still has like stretches of dialogue with nothing happening behind it. So when there is a song that's all exposition dump, I'm not like totally in the groove to interpret it the way I would in Hamilton where they're singing about, you know, the rules of the first Congress or whatever, Yeah, yeah. where you're just like, you're, you're in that emotional state already where it's like, yeah, people sing. That's how everything happens now is people yeah. sing. And that's the thing too, is like in Hamilton, the pacing, like, like the, the stage performance of Hamilton is cut like an Edgar Wright film, right? Where just like, boom, cut, 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 next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing, right? And that works in that context because you were traveling over so long in a person's life, so many events, so many big moments, and you were, you were jumping from scene to scene, almost like you're like jumping through time as you see where this character is. This entire film takes place in like a week. So the fact that it's like, oh my God, this is happening. No, oh my God, this is happening. Oh my God, this is happening. And and like you kind of mentioned it earlier, but like there are no real stakes to any of the things. Like obviously Uznavi's trying to decide, he's been saving all of his money, trying to decide whether he can leave New York and take over his you know father's collapsed <laughs> bar and make a new life over there. And he he treats that as this huge thing that he has been working towards a long time, but he's apparently owns this bodega, which he's going to shut and not like he's been trying to get money for a few different tasks, but he's also leaving behind a bodega that I assume is prime real estate on the corner of, <laughs> of the street in Washington Heights. So I feel like he could just sell the bodega and 
that could solve multiple people's problems instead of people thinking that they can make money by doing other things that don't really make sense in the context of like, like you spend a film talking about like, I don't know, it, it just seems like in every single song in this film, the songs are not in continuity with the story we are watching. All the songs are, what are the words that rhyme with the scenario I'm in, but not necessarily the same. Like for instance, in one of the opening songs, when, um, when Benny has uh, Vanessa, right? No, uh, the other Benny girl. and Nina would be the N- Nina, yeah. couple. Yeah, yeah. So, so when Benny had like Nina stops by the dispatch shop, she used to work there. They have dated in the past. They sing this song together, which is a great song. I love their interaction, their chemistry. Everything is great about it. But then when she walks away, the other dispatcher is like, "You are so thirsty." And then the other dispatcher says, "Oh, oh my God, the boss's daughter." But everyone in the town knows they used to date before she went to Stanford. So it's not yeah. like, it's not like, Oh my God, he's going after the boss's daughter. They were together and she just came back to town. There's no, there's no, Oh my God, will they, won't they like, they are a couple. They were a couple before they went away. So it's, it's like the film is making statements about how characters feel and think in a context of a world where they aren't, really paying attention to the previous scene or like later on there's a song where the entire community is singing about how, how much Uznavi loves <laughs> Vanessa and then yeah. immediately Uznavi comes in and sings a song about how he's leaving in the morning <laughs> and it's like is that a joke or is that supposed to be like impactful in that moment it's just it seems like it's just the way they build this tension it all feels artificial in the story um the songs are fun and entertaining but I just can't care about the story because none of it feels real. It just feels like an excuse to sing a song about a thing. Yeah. Well, well, I feel like it, what I'm sure even the Broadway play is, is like a tapestry or a collage. It's like, we are not going to be able to give you major arcs of many people, but we are going to show you a ton of different type of people, right? Like I, and obviously not able to clue into all the little details, but they try to show like the diversity within the Latinx community. You know, there's like people from the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico and Cuba. And then people like, it's like a melting pot of different things. There's like Afro Latinx people who are, there's some controversy about how few of people are cast in major roles here, but then there is representation and, you know, it's a thorny thing, but like the movie is trying to have, so much, much, right, of, like, we are going to show all these. We're going to show you, uh, you know, uh, Abuela, and her, she's going to tell her story and, like, show you how it felt to immigrate from Cuba, and we're going to talk about someone trying to succeed and then someone else who came here whose parents wanted him to be a farmer, and he became this, and how, you know, how is Benny, like, fitting into this neighborhood and how, like, there's all these things that it's trying to do in a way that doesn't give you room to follow any one person in a yep. major way. And that that is totally fine. Like, I I understand doing that. I understand it more in a play than I do in a movie, I think. Yeah. And part of it is because this movie is two hours and 20 minutes long. And I think they could have given people a bit more fleshed out arcs and maybe had less of Mr. Softy and um, <laughs> Lin-Manuel. Like, like there are things that the movie does that are indulgent yeah. that didn't need to be there. Like I enjoyed the pool song and dance number. I like the little, it, it does the same kind of thing that um, 
the Ten Dual Commandments does in Hamilton, where the chorus is based off of like a classic hip hop riff, and then Lin Manuel Miranda like changes it. In this case, it's the like one, two, three, da 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 da. Um, yeah, and that's like a fun thing. Like it's like seeing the gem of where Lin Manuel Miranda got some of these ideas. That didn't need. If that pool scene weren't there, the movie would still work just fine. And they could swap in more character moments instead, I feel like. And that is the kind of trade-off I feel like they do a lot, which is they go big, 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 big. And they're deciding to go big, big, big instead of giving us something to latch onto, which is a choice. It's definitely a choice. It just is not the choice I would have made. But but it's also like that is showing that the... That that is showing that the, how how into the idea of the lottery the community is right. Like it's not right. just a this family played the lottery. It's like literally every single person is buying a lotto ticket every week because everybody has this dream of what would I do with ninety five thousand dollars or whatever. Uh, ninety six thousand. Ninety six thousand. Um, so it's it like it, like it it does have a reason to be there because that's how you get like yes you see uh you know abuela <laughs> buying a lottery ticket but you need to really know that like no literally everybody buys the lottery ticket because that's right. that's the important thing so i mean it's it's i liked it i also thought that scene was just rad <laughs> did the, did the the shots where uznavi is clearly in front of a screen did those bother you did those uh, stick out to you like all over the place <laughs> no like the pool scene in particular there are a couple where it's like he is in a completely different place <laughs> oh gotcha um i don't know i think i was i was probably trying to look at all the background extras and a lot of those shots just to try to see what's going on over there um yeah. but but yeah for me for me that didn't stand out too too bad so i i will say that like again the actors are quite charismatic and you know the charm is infectious in this movie like i think my MVP is probably Melissa Barrera as Vanessa. I feel like her character isn't given that many moments to express herself. And in terms of sheer, this is what I want, this is what I want to do, she gets some of the songs that really make that fly, you know, in a way that I, I liked a lot. Um, but I also like side characters. Like, I think Jimmy Smith's as uh, Nina's dad is like a great little role where you get kind of a lot of who he is wrapped up, even in very small interactions. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm happy with all that, but I, so when I watched the movie, I watched uh, Rent not that long ago, like a couple months ago for the first time, the, the movie version. I've never seen it actually in theater. Um, and when I watched Rent, what I felt was, A, I totally get why when this came out, it was a sensation and a great cathartic thing for the topics it chooses to discuss the people it chooses to represent. I understand why this was what it was. And B, today in 2021, a lot of those plot details feel a little like too tidy or neat or made for TV. Like that's how I felt about Rent. You know, it has things that now have become archetypical. And so when you look back, you're like, wow, okay, that was really just going for it. Yeah. Um, and I felt that way about this movie too in in the sense where i was like when in the heights first you know came out i think off broadway it started in like 2007 um probably a lot of these things were extremely cathartic and maybe had not really been discussed before like uh the dreamer subplot of you know what is going to happen to this kid um nina struggles against microaggressions that she's experienced at stanford um you, like there's stuff that i was like i get it 
I get why that was such a big thing in 2007 and we want to celebrate that. But today it feels like they could use, like it needs a little bit more detail. Yeah. And then when I looked up the musical, those are all inventions for the movie. Those are not how it played out in the musical at all. Interesting. Um, in the musical, there is not a dreamer kid. Um, Nina's struggle at Stanford is a financial one. She had to work multiple jobs in order to, you know, stay there and that made her lose her scholarship and now it's really like a financial choice if she can accept her father's sacrifice or is she going you know um benny's relationship with nina him uh being a black person in the community where her family is lighter skinned is a thing that makes her father not totally accept him and there's like a scene of her trying to teach him spanish or like remind him of some spanish words like there are literally things in the play that I feel like would be more blind spotting, more 2021. Let's like complicate and show a little bit more texture of like the good and the bad and how it feels to be here. Yeah. That the movie decided to abandon for the kind of more sweeping melodramatic. This is the obvious thing you should believe and what you should root for moments. And that I don't know if that's just who Lin-Manuel Miranda is or if that's what this moment needed was just like a big sweeping statement of we care and this is a joyful celebration of our differences. But it it was very interesting to me that the play that came out 13 or 14 years ago was wrestling with more complicated, nuanced things than the movie yeah. that came out today is. Yeah, well, I, I think, too, part of the reason why it's not just the lack of nuance, it's the fact that there is no thing that exists for long enough to actually be an issue for a character to to deal with or grapple with right it's like characters state the thing that's bothering them and it's it's as though nothing in the world could change that situation and then they all have a moment in the middle of a song where they just go like oh i'm just doing this now and everything's cool and it just it 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 really it really bugged me. It wasn't even that everything was being tied off with a neat little bow. It was that characters had no motivation for the action they were taking. It was just because they wanted to resolve the plot line. And it made me feel like there's a, we'll call it a big reveal at the end of the film. <laughs> that like, to me, I did not care at all. It meant nothing to me. Like, I was like, cool. Do you mean the reveal about the structure of the movie or the reveal about one character's dream being fulfilled those are kind of the same right <laughs> there's a reveal about Usnavi and a reveal about vanessa uh yeah so I, yeah okay <clears throat> yeah I, I mean it's i mean th those are both intertwined right <laughs> sure like but like both of those seemed ridiculous to me <laughs> Like, I was like, nope, none of this, none of this even makes sense. None of it makes sense. And see, I was fine with all that. I'm, I'm fine. To me, that comes with the musical territory. I'm totally cool with that. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's not even like it's a flash forward, right? Like if it was like, we make this decision flash forward to like, it was like in the, in that moment, the plan was decided and we all knew what it was going to work. Right. And it's like, Sonny, go out and tell everyone. <laughs> but <laughs> But it's like, it was just, it was such a, like, to me, it, it felt so flat because it was like, no, you have not earned any of what you're doing right now. And there were so many ramifications for these decisions that don't make any sense. Like, what, like, you can't, I mean, I get that you own this place, but like, how do you, like, you just, you, you put everything away. 
<laughs> what's going on none of it makes sense um it just it, it kind of became a thing where i was like okay whatever it's fine it's a musical i don't really care um i had fun with it i'm not going to complain that much but i also want to complain a little bit because and, and take this for instance the blackout scene that you talked about right great song cool situation in which everybody's going on doing this thing <clears throat> but one of the important things we learn about that is how important a business is to that community, especially in a blackout. <laughs> Later on, characters just decide that it's not important. <laughs> and you telling me that doesn't have ramifications for the city? Like, like all, all of Washington Heights could have a problem with that decision that a character is making, not just that character and uh, that character's ex-boyfriend, right? Like, it, it's... It's 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 it has real ramifications for th how the community functions as a community, especially during times of trouble when, say, the power goes out or it's incredibly hot out and like all these different things. Right. But like the film is not concerned with the ramifications of the action. They are concerned with the emotional stakes of the decision that somebody has made and how another character will accept that decision. And it just to me, that just feels so it feels kind of cheap because you're. You're, you're not playing in the world that you're building. You are just coming up with excuses for words that rhyme for your song and then trying to sing out the feelings. And I just, to me, that felt like, I, I just wish that there was more continuity to characters' decisions. And when a character did decide on one thing or another, it would spiral out to the surrounding people and affect them as well. Instead of being this isolated situation that a character could reverse on any minute and it wouldn't change a lick about what's going on in the community. Yeah. So I, I think I'm happy to suspend disbelief for the big moments, including all of the ending. I'm okay with musicals <laughs> having soaring moments where characters just like launch into outer space in terms of their emotions. What is hard to reflect is a pivot point mid song. And I think that's the one challenge with these musicals that try to be almost entirely musical when they have exposition is they are literally trying to have the same song with the same rhythm and tone and everything. And halfway through they say, wait, I changed my mind. Let me do this instead. And that just feels very rushed in the middle of a song number. Yeah. I think like that is a little bit harder for me to be on board for, but I still, I manage. I just, again, think of it as like, it comes with the musical territory. <clears throat> yeah, but like the way you would do it in a musical that's achieving it correctly is one character is singing about their situation. Another character is singing at them or to them or separately from them about how the situation could be different if they only did X, right? And then they come together and you get like that moment where they're both singing past each other, but together and like us, the audience here, it is one set of verses, but like they are singing are their own song. Are writing a musical right now? <laughs> We're writing a musical right now. <laughs> but like basically, you know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's not a character complaining about a thing and then finding their own solution mid-song. It is a person who's singing a song about their plight another person comes in on the bridge and offers a solution and then they accept that in like the final chorus, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Like that, that's sort of like a logical progression of like, it's not just you changing your mind. It's some, some force that acted upon you during your song that made you see it differently and then thus allowed you to make that change. Not just right. like, huh, you guys sure are good at painting. <laughs> yeah. So let me see a few questions. There is a dance number that, is very magical realist, like more than the others, even that takes place late in this movie. How did that work for you? Um, I, the, the only part of it that worked for me 
is like the me trying to figure out how much of it is actually a set that is on some sort of gimbal or something um mm. as a as a piece of visual storytelling i i was kind of like all right whatever um but i was interested in just like the choreography and what was set set versus what what was digital set extension um specifically like the very very final moment of the song where they lay down on the building and then slide. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, that got me pretty good. Actually. That was a moment where, again, it was just like movie musical magic to me where it was so over the top, but I felt like I didn't quite get teary eyed, but I definitely felt that little tug of like, Ooh, this is something like very lovely. And the uh, aspirational happening. And I feel that like it, it worked on me. It kind of surprised me when, when it went there. Gotcha. Um, what didn't work on me quite as much, and I'm glad the movie didn't do too much of it, is there. there's some dance sequences, at least one, where they are, like, drawing in the air and cartoons are happening along with it. Um, yeah. That, I don't know. There Sometimes it feels like this movie was a little too excited to be a movie and all the stuff that it could do. Yeah. Um, and I felt like the people are talented enough at dancing and singing. You don't really need to embellish it that much. Yeah, I think... I that didn't bother me um but it's also in the context of like they're doing a lot of hand signals where you're supposed to like imagine what the thing is that they're interacting with so for me it was like not too bad it was kind of it at least had some fun to it it definitely felt out of place with the rest of the film though um but mm -hmm. but for me it didn't quite bother me cool, cool. <laughs> all right well Stephen, is it time for verdicts all right. If you're going to give this a must-see, record with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or must avoid, what would you give it? I'm giving it a wait for rental. Um, I, maybe I should bump it because I genuinely believe in a theater it would be a much better time. So maybe waiting for <laughs> rental is literally the worst thing <laughs> you can do. Um, I give it three out of five on Letterboxd, like whatever that means. Yeah. I, think, I think this is a completely charming movie, and I fully believe there, there are a number of contexts where it could have worked way better on me. One is my actual location. Like, I think a theater would have been much more overwhelming and emotional and felt like a big release valve after the last, you know, year and a half. Um, also, my own context, again, as a person who is not uh, Latinx, is not an immigrant, is not intimately familiar with a lot of these details. And I, I can see the joy of representation on screen, of having a cast that is, you know, diverse and representing a bunch of different viewpoints, singing about like, this is my experience and how it differs. I can see that joy, but I'm sure it is very different to feel it in a like sense of recognition. Um, but I didn't have either of those things. And instead, I was kind of stuck more in the am I able to get swept up in a musical while I'm sitting in my living room? And I think the answer is like, no, I was not able to really get swept up. I was able to enjoy things, but it didn't take me along with it. So I, I wish that it could have. And for that, I think I'm calling it a rental. Man, I am shocked. <laughs> I feel like I have more like deep rooted complaints about what the film is actually trying to do than you, but I still found it just wildly entertaining, especially the beginning. Like the first 15 minutes or whatever is just friggin' great. It, it is really fun and vibrant. And I think that 
over time with the runtime, it starts to like weigh on me a little bit, but it still has those big numbers everywhere strung through it. So for me, Man, did I forget what wait for rental is? What have I given wait for rental before? <laughs> <laughs> I, f- I feel like it should be a recommend with a caveat. <laughs> I think the problem is I was expecting so much from this movie. Yeah. I was expecting this to be like my favorite thing. <laughs> No, that's fair. Like I said, like, I think I disliked it more than you, but I'm giving it a recommend with a caveat because I did find it incredibly fun. Um, you know, do I buy uh, Vanessa's hobby uh, being able to accomplish what it does in one night? No. Do, do I buy Uznavi's flip-flopping on where should I stay or should I go? No, I don't. Do I buy uh, the Dreamer story? No, I don't. Do I buy any of like these plot arcs in whatever's happening in this film? Not really, but it's still incredibly fun. And the like what you're visually being treated with in all these scenes with huge uh, dance parties full of like hundreds of people just doing this great choreographed uh, dance. I just found that incredibly compelling from a visual and auditory sort of experience. So official official verdict steven God, it's like right in between it, it it's right in between i think if i had watched it in headphones it, i'll do it i'll say wait for it i'll 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 stand back steven did you learn nothing from this film you're supposed to be like yes this is wait for rental wait for rental wait for rental actually you know what it's recommended with a caveat <laughs> <sighs> The rating doesn't mean anything. We've established this. Yeah. Well, that is going to do it for a review of In the Heights. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, people can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. You can find me at christopherrelette.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know the episodes to go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to In the Heights, so hopefully you are enjoying that right now. Um, That is it for this review. We are going to go off and uh, record a few reviews of some things that we caught at Tribeca um, for the streaming part of the festival, or Tribeca at Home, as they call it. Um, So... Hope to see you soon, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.